Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Verse 11, and as soon as we heard these things, she says, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, Jehovah God, she names him Yahweh, Jehovah. He is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. Boy, is that a great profession of faith? What a profession of faith. Would the God that all the children of Israel had that same profession? Welcome, everyone, to our Bible study today on Truth in Christ Radio. Pastor Rob finalizes chapter 2 of the book of Joshua by explaining God's plan for Rahab's involvement during the entrance of the Jewish nation into the Promised Land. Rahab declared, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. This declaration was proof of her faith. It wasn't strong faith, and it wasn't perfect faith, but her faith was commendable nonetheless. Rahab's desire to see her family saved and what she goes through in order to save their lives shows that her love should be noticed as well as her faith. And now, let's turn to Joshua chapter 2 and join Pastor Rob for today's lesson. Sometimes you have to make those decisions in a, just like that, like a police officer has to make a decision every day. And then when we do go wrong, we ask God to forgive us. Even at the expense of saving a life, it's good to go to him. Say, Lord, I lied. It wasn't right for me to lie. And Lord, honestly, I'd probably do it again under the same circumstances, but would you forgive me? I forgive you. Really? (laughs) Wow. But also, she was a woman of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, Rahab is listed among those Hall of Fame, Faithers, Hall of Faithers. You've heard it here first. That's a first. I just thought of that right just now. Isn't that amazing? Hall of Faithers. <laughs> Hall of faith. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. And by faith, notice, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And in James chapter 2, it says, Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works? When she received the messengers and sent them out another way, I love it because Rahab demonstrates faith. It demonstrates faith in God, in the God of Israel, Jehovah, by believing what God, that God had given the land to them. And she also did this at great risk, which makes it even more interesting. Because had she been found out, she too could have probably been killed by her own local magistrates for hiding the spies and lying to the king of Jericho. So her own neck was on the line. By faith, she hid those men. 
knowing that one way or another I'm going to die, but I'm going to be on the Lord's side. Somehow she heard of the story, the event, not a story. They, they, they heard of the event of Israel coming across the Red Sea and what God did to Sihon and Og on the other side of the Jordan River, on the east side. They heard about that, and she heard about that, and by faith she responded. This woman who everyone looked down upon, and I love how God loves to choose the base things of the world to confound the wise. Out of all those thousands of people that were in the land of Jericho, in the, in the city, and when we go to Israel, we drive right by Jericho, and you can see the ruins of it. Highway 90 runs right down it, and it goes right down by the Dead Sea. We drive right by it, and you can see it, the ruins. So Rahab demonstrated faith in God, even though she had lied. In verse 7, it says, Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. A ford is really nothing more than a place where the water is shallow, perhaps where there's a lot of rocks, a little bit of a dam, if you will, okay? A shallow area in the, in the Jordan River. There were many different fords along the way. John the Baptist, remember, was baptizing in uh, Aenon, if you remember, which is the, the, it's, it literally means the, um, the, the ford. That's really what it means. It's a shallow area where there's pools of water, perfect place to baptize people. And so the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate because all those cities were fortified and they would shut the gates at night so nobody could come in. There'd be, certainly be watchers all around the surround of the city's walls. Now, before they lay down, she came up. Rahab comes up to the top, and you can see the picture on the screen. They, she comes up to the top, and she said to the man, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and all, that the, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard, notice, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And if you want to get a little bit of a background on those two kings in that battle, it's very easy. Look at Numbers 21, and you can look also at Deuteronomy chapters 2 and 3, where those battles are laid out in pretty decent detail. And in fact, in Exodus chapter 15, Back right as the children of Israel were coming across the, the Red Sea and drying up the land and causing them to go over on dry land. Remember that? It's recorded for us in Exodus 14, 13 and 14. But notice what happens in chapter 15 of Exodus. After the battle is over, after they go through, after Pharaoh's armies are overthrown by the water and everyone is dead, Moses writes a song inspired by the Lord immediately after the crossing of the Red Sea, after this great victory over the Egyptians. And Exodus 15, beginning in verse 13, says this, You, God, in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people will fear and be afraid. This is what Rahab is talking about. We'd heard about this. And notice, Moses, 40 years early, earlier, prophesies of yet another event 40 years in the future when Israel would finally go over across the Jordan. 
and the fame of them would be frightening the daylights out of those inhabitants. The people will fear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. So here we have Moses back about 40 years prior to this event, prophesying of the very event that they're in right now. And certainly Rahab is attesting to that. All the inhabitants are freaking out over you guys. We've heard what happened. And we're scared to death. Our hearts have grown faint. We're ready to give up. And certainly this must have been a great encouragement for these two spies. Because half the battle is psychological. (laughs) But once the enemy is already shaken in their boots, half the battle is over with, folks. (laughs) When the enemy's freaking out, half the battle is over with. Verse 11, and as soon as we heard these things, she says, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, Jehovah God, she names him Yahweh, Jehovah. He is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. Boy, is that a great profession of faith? What a profession of faith. Would the God that all the children of Israel had that same profession? But now we have a lady, a woman who has questionable morality, she's the one saying, he is the one, he is the one, he is the one. Some of the children of Israel are going, I don't know if he is the one or not. But she's saying, oh yeah, he's the one. And why do you think God had respect to her? Because of her faith. Notice, now there's an oath between her and the two spies and also the armies of Israel. Notice what she says in verse 12. Now therefore, I beg you, swear, make an oath by me, By the Lord, by Jehovah God, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, all that you, all that they have and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. So they swore an oath. They swore an oath. She swore an oath, and so did he. Did they. If you keep our business quiet, we'll make sure that we come back and we'll spare you. But you have to do these things. Notice that desperation often causes us to make oaths. God doesn't require us to make oaths. In fact, he encourages us not to make an oath. In Numbers 30, verse 2, it says, If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. And even Jesus in the New Testament, you know this. Again, you have heard it said that to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, don't swear at all. Neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, neither by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is of the evil one. It's a shame, really, that even an oath had to be made. She could have just said, you know, would you please 
spare my family when you come back. And they could have just said, you know what, we'll do it. They didn't have to bring God into it at all. But desperation brings us to the point where we want a little more proof. <laughs> we want a little more assurance that what you're telling me is true. You better swear by God, man. Oh, well, very well then. If we swear by God, I better do it. Wouldn't that be nice if, if people had that reverence, kind of, that reverence for God that as soon as you did that, you know, it's like, wow. You know, it's like in the Christmas story, right? Little kid, I double dog dare you to stick your tongue on the flagpole. He double-dogged, dared. Oh. Those words struck the fear in every child. Because when you say double-dogged, dared, now nah, you have to do it. You've got to do it, man. You've got to do it in front of everybody. But they, they make an oath. And then in verse 15, Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her, for her house was on the city wall. Convenient place for a prostitute. It can be easy access into the city or up the, up the thing at night and down when nobody can see advantageous to live on the wall. So she dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward you may go your way. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of the scarlet cord in the window through which you have let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your family's household to your home, so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. So the terms are very clear here. Verse 20, and if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath, which you made us swear. And this is very reminiscent, isn't it, of the Passover. Remember what happened on the Passover that night before they were led out of Egypt? Everyone had to be in the house, and the blood of the lamb had to be sprinkled and, and with, a, with a thing of hyssop dipped in the blood, and they would hit the lentil, the top of the doorpost, and on the two sides of the thing, forming a cross, we know. And whoever was inside would be spared. The firstborn would be spared. But anyone outside, even if it was a Hebrew, their firstborn would die. God was very serious about that. And we see the same thing here. They're making a similar thing. Everyone who is in that house will be saved. A very wonderful picture of salvation and the scarlet rope speaking of the blood of Christ and the promise of redemption, of deliverance under the blood as that scarlet rope would hang over the door of her back of her house there on the, on the side of the, of, of the wall. Anyone who was inside the scarlet cord would be spared. And they honored that. And then he said, according to your word, so be it. And they, she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window, and they departed and went to the mountain. Notice, the men went to the mountain. They stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers sought them all along the way, but did not find them. And just south of those mountains, right down here, perhaps even in Qumran, in this area, somewhere in that area, is where the two spies fled, and this is what it looks like. This is a, a sampling of what the area looked like, and you can see this is uh, right at the village of Qumran, and this is where they found most of the Dead Sea Scrolls that predated the earliest manuscripts that we have by over a 1,000 years. And you can see here's another good picture of one. This is Cave 4. This is where they found, I think, uh, the Scroll of Isaiah intact, which is the exact same thing we have in our Bible. Oh, but the Bible was handed down uh, you know, by oral tradition, <laughs> no, no, no. These scrolls made everyone a liar. 
Okay? So anyway, this is the area which the scribes, or these two spies, went to. And it says in verse 23, So the two men returned. They descended from the mountain, and they crossed over the Jordan. Remember, this thing is overflowing, so they're swimming at night across the river. Okay? They're swimming across the water. They're probably young guys and probably good arms, and they probably had really good uh, endurance. And so they swim across the Jordan, and they came to Joshua the son of Nun, and they told him all that had befallen him. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of this. And I just I think of how that must have been like coming full circle for Joshua. Because he himself, Joshua and Caleb, were the only two who came out 40 years earlier with a good report. And now he sends two spies in. They both come back with what? A good report. And not only that, but it confirms what? Moses prophesied in Exodus 15, 40 years prior, prophesying of what was going to happen, the conditions of the land, how the people would be scared to death. They'd be scared to death of the children of Israel. Pretty interesting. But I love, we're going to stop there tonight, but I love the fact that God, I just can't get around this, character, Rahab. I just love the fact that he loves to choose things, again, that nobody wants. And God is not afraid to call her a child of God. Rahab is in heaven. Rahab is in heaven. She was, she intermarried with Solomon, who was from the line of Judah. We read about that in Matthew chapter 1, right? At some point after, I mean, just picture it in your head, after the fact, after the fall of Jericho, and now she, Rahab, and her whole family are spared. She's no longer, her faith is secure now. She's like, I know that God has done this, and I'm putting my faith and my trust in him. No longer is she a harlot any longer. And then throughout the process of time, at some point along the line there, Solomon from the line of Judah looks at her and he goes, wow, you're really something. And he marries her. He has a child. That child has a child. That child has a child. And that child has a child whose name is David. And that child has a child. And that child has a child. Finally, we get down through Mary and Joseph, and she has a child from the line of Judah. And God doesn't sanitize the whole thing. He doesn't reverse it. He doesn't try and scrub history like we have today. It's an unfortunate thing, isn't it? Only God is really man enough. (laughs) He's the only one secure enough to not worry about these kind of things in the Scripture. But not so, unfortunately, with man. When something dark in our country occurs, and there have been plenty of things in every country, by the way, not just America, you look at any civilization, there's always bad things done. There are always bad people doing evil things, and no matter what country you live in. But there can be something horrible in our country that has happened a long time ago. And why is it that our educators can't just own it? Why can't we just own it? Why can't we own the truth? God doesn't have a problem owning the truth. He knows the truth. He is the truth. And he's certainly not afraid to have a harlot who is no longer a harlot. 
to be in the bloodline of our Savior. He wasn't going to go back and tell the scribe, you know what, when you get to heart, when you get to Rahab, just, you know, just, just don't do it, just don't write it. Just take a break. I'll take care of the rest. He doesn't do it. He says, you write it and make sure you put her name there. Make sure you put her name there. But not so with us. It's a sad thing, isn't it? It's a sad commentary, not only on America, but on other countries who are falling in line with this revisionist history. We have no right to revise history. We have the right. We have the mandate to tell it correctly. We don't have the right to manipulate it. We don't have the right to smith it to our own bias. We have no right to do that. We must repeat. We must record the truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God, right? But not in America, not in our textbooks now. Something dark happened in our history. We put a different spin on it. We say something else. We make something up. We don't want to offend anybody. Folks, we got to live. We got to wake up. And we gotta encourage people to tell the truth and for, and, and encourage people and pray for people to get over themselves. We need to get over ourselves. The people out, the, out there who don't know the Lord, they need to get over themselves and face the truth in everything. Not one of us is good before God. All have sinned and come short. That means that we're all in the same boat, isn't it? That's what it means. So not one of us can point a finger we just have to look at it and say, yep, that did happen, but may it never happen again. And we're not going to just bash this group of people because they did something bad. Well, everyone has done something bad. Every single person, people, group on the planet have done something bad. But God doesn't scrub Rahab's name. He doesn't blot her name out. He makes sure that she's there. I bet out of that genealogy, he's like, make sure that she's in there. What a faithful woman. She made some mistakes. Yes, she did. She's a sinner. Yes, she was. She gave her heart to Christ. She's in the bloodline. But great faith. May we be examples and, 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 and follow in that vein. Amen? Let's stand and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage, and we thank you for Rahab, Lord, and we thank you for her life. We thank you, Lord, that she didn't look so uh, great upon herself. <laughs> Lord, I'm sure in heaven right now, Lord, as she considers that her name was written in Matthew chapter 1, is humbled her greatly, Father, to consider where she was, and yet to consider where you have placed her. Lord, she's uh, written in the hall of faith, standing at your and seated or wherever at your throne glorifying you even right now as we stand here lord her heart completely spent given over to you father may that be true of us god may you do that work in us and help us lord to deal with the truth lord to face the truth as hard as it may be to not skip around it not to avoid it but lord to hit it straight on and just deal with it and Lord, thank you, Lord, for loving us, that you went full on with us, Lord. Because the truth concerning each one of us, Lord, is not that good. And yet, Lord, you didn't sanitize. You saved our life. 
to the uttermost, Lord. You saved us, and you're continuing to use us. Mystery of mysteries. So we're so thankful tonight, Lord. We exalt you for that. We thank you that you are the God of, you are the great hero of the faith, Lord. You are the faith. You're the great king who loves. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.